Good morning and happy Monday to you. It is April 3rd. I'm Adam Wright and you are listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network coming to you fresh off a week of our spring radiothon. Thank you to everyone who supported us last week with your prayers and your calls and by tuning in and in every way, shape and form that you did. It's always, you know, so good to hear from listeners like you and, and to meet everyone and to hear how the show's making a difference in people's lives. And that's a credit to the grace of God. And that, you know, that's where it all comes from is from the grace of God. Let's begin our morning in prayer. Today we uh, pray not just our morning offering, but we need to pray for a lot of things that happened since last week. Uh, Friday afternoon and Friday evening saw a terrible storm devastation across the Midwest with loss of life. And so let's remember in our intentions this morning all those who were affected by those storms um, that went through. And there's just so much suffering in the world beyond that. So we're going to pray for many intentions. We'll pray for your intentions. But in addition to our morning offering today, let's pray in our Father, a Hail Mary and a Glory be, shall we? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about Holy Week. We're going to be talking about Palm Sunday uh, with our radio listeners. We also have on the show today Corey Grizzle with us for some more uh, family story time. I'm, I'm loving family story time with Corey Grizzle. She'll be back with us this morning, and I'm really excited because uh, you know, soon on the show, too, we're going to have, we've been talking a lot about families with Corey Grizzle. We're going to be talking about him again with Julie Lassiter. And not today. I, that'd, be, that'd be like a double dose right there. And uh, that'd be fantastic. But soon, soon, my friends, soon. Before we dive into all of that, though, a, a couple thoughts. It is Holy Week. Yesterday, we celebrated Palm Sunday of the Lord's Passion. And, you know, the kids were asking on Saturday, uh, our oldest was out at his grandparents' house, so he went to Mass with them. But the girls were all asking, why do we have these palms? Why would they lay palms down for Jesus? And I said, you know, they were trying to make a grand entrance for him. And it started the question, what do you do, you know, to make a grand entrance? And they said, well, we don't have enough palms to cover a road. I said, you don't need to have enough palms to cover a road. What are you doing to prepare for him? So then we had the, the conversation, who needs to go to confession this weekend? Do we need to all go as a family? And, and the girls were like, well, Dad, we just went yesterday at school so we're we're good i said okay well then you're good did you go they said we went all right you're good i need to go and uh, i you know i was really edified to see that two parishes by me one's having confessions tonight one is having confessions wednesday evening this is the week especially if it's been a while to go go 
make a good confession. Now, many of you did that because Saturday was the first Saturday, and as part of your first Saturday devotion, you have to make a good confession. I laud that. I applaud that. That is wonderful. If you didn't, don't get downhearted. Don't get sullen. You know, don't get discouraged. Just go. This coming Friday, in addition to being Good Friday, is the first Friday of the month of April. How fitting that our act of reparation for sins against the sacred heart of our Lord coincides with the passion and death that we commemorate this Friday of our Lord. So go this week and make a good confession. Don't think too hard about it. Think hard about your examination of conscience, but don't think too hard about should I go, should I not go? Just go. Just go. That's that's my my encouragement for all of us. We'll let Patty do some more encouraging later on. She is, of course, the bringer of the Daily Dose of Encouragement. First, let's go to uh, Mike Roberts for a look at the weather and our saint of the day. Today is the feast day of St. Richard of Chichester. Born in England late in the 13th century, both of his parents died before any of the children were old enough to inherit their property. And as a result, it was held by the community until his oldest brother was of age. But by then, there was a huge tax bill waiting. So Richard was forced to work the land for free. His desire for his own life was for one of faith and learning. Suggestions of marriage were rejected, and instead he went to Oxford and before long was teaching there. Developing a great interest in canon law, Richard moved on to Paris and then Italy to further his studies. Meanwhile, back in England, his former teacher, Edmund of Abington, was made Archbishop of Canterbury. Knowing that Richard shared his desire for church reform and the defense of papal rights, even if it meant defying the king, he appointed Richard as chancellor. When Edmund of Abington was forced into exile in France because of his positions, Richard went with him and stayed there until Edmund died. For the next two years, Richard studied to become a priest and then was called back to England where he was elected Bishop of Chichester. But King Henry III refused to accept this appointment and confiscated church properties, returning them only after the threat of excommunication. Richard spent the next eight years as Bishop of Chichester, continuing his fight against corruption and died at a house for poor priests while preaching the crusade. St. Richard of Chichester, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed Friday. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Think of some of the great slogans you've heard over the years from different companies, different products, things that you can remember, those or those great mottos. Play like a champion today. You know, that's one any college football fan knows that one. Well, what about your family? Do you have a motto? Do you have a slogan? Do you have a catchphrase? Do you have a way of doing things in your household that really you could encapsulate in one phrase? Well, here's a phrase I want to throw your way. Rule of life. If you lived in a monastery, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. We have talked about this in regards to families on the show before, but here to bring this topic to the forefront, I think it's such a great one, is our good friend and storyteller, Corey Grizzle. Corey, it's good to have you back with us today. Good morning. Thanks for having me back again. This is fun. All right. So when we talk about a rule of life, this is not just necessarily like, all right, on Wednesdays, we wear pink as <laughs> all, all the coworkers on my wife's floor <clears throat> joke around. This is really about, uh, I, I think going back to the last conversation, you and I had the family meeting talking about in this house, 
Mm-hmm. Here is how we do things. Right. So when Tad and I were dating and um, actually, I don't even know when it started. I know that I had this sign in my room for the longest time, probably didn't really realize high school and college because I didn't have a lot of experience. But it's the quote, um, I think it is attributed to St. Ignatius, which is work as if it were all up to you and pray as if it were all up to God. And so you might take that as maybe a little bit controversial because you think, well, you're going to work so hard and then and then maybe if that doesn't come out, then or, or you're going to work so hard because you don't trust so much in God. However, I think it's a it's more of a balance in our life. And so I think that the fact that um, Todd and I are so different that I grew up as the youngest child, knowing that everyone would take care of me and saying, oh, you know, it'll all work out. It'll all be fine. God will take care of us. It's fine. Not a problem. We don't, we don't need to, we don't need to plan anything. We don't need to save any money. We don't need to, we don't, we don't need to think ahead. Right. So for me, it was the work as though it was all up to you. That was an eye opener for me. And Todd is the absolute plan maker and making sure that we think five steps ahead and go through all of the pitfalls that could possibly happen and so that we can avoid every single one of them. And I speak a little bitterly about that. Sorry. <laughs> but it's it's just who we are and it's our personalities. And um, and he, he does that. And I do now appreciate that quite a bit. However, his eyes needed to be open to the fact that we need to pray as if it were all up to God because we can't control everything. And when you do plan things, God laughs and then he puts those pitfalls in your way, right? So several years ago, um, we joined a, a group called Teams of Our Lady and there are several married couples that we meet with once a month and we love every one of them. And we've all helped each other through very many uh, different aspects of our married life and family life. And one of the endeavors of the Teams of Our Lady is to create a family rule of life. And they call it that. And it could be a motto. It could be a mission statement. It could be all sorts of things. Um, So we took our date nights, our Saturday morning breakfasts, and we we thought about it. What is it that, um, that really encompasses what our family goals are for us and for our children? And, um, and for us to challenge ourselves in everything is definitely to plan smart, because we do. You do need to say, what are our goals and how do we want to get there? So we need to plan. And then we need to work hard because you can't just plan and have the big picture and then say, okay, that's a goal, right? You have to you have to go into work hard into that. And then, of course, like everything, when you plan and you work and then you fail. And not all the time, but a lot of the times. And so then you have to just Trust God that things are going to work out just fine and that your planning and your working was not in vain, that God really does have your back. God is going to provide everything that you need at the time that you need it. And then you can plan again for the next thing that's on your list. We're going to pull ourselves up. We're going to do what we need to do. We're going to continue to work for God and just trust that everything is going to work out just fine. I don't know about your family, but my family benefits greatly from consistency. And if one day it's like, you know what, we're not going to work hard on this because I'm not God. I can't 
I can't mm. make things happen one way or another. And then the next day I tell everyone, like, you know, I realize we're we're not God and he is in control. We're going to pray as if everything depends on him. But today we are going to work as if everything depends upon us. My kids are going to be like, who is this guy and what's wrong with him? You know, why, why can't he just make – are we working or are we not working? Because yesterday it was we don't need to work. Today it's we need to work. And we keep going back and forth. And, uh, you know, having that that rule of life that, like, this is how we're going to do it, it just – we all do better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely teaching my adult children to think a few steps ahead is a little bit more of a struggle than I thought it would be because we've always grown up that way. They, they've grown up that way that we need to plan. We've got all these people. We need to make sure they have shoes. We need to make sure they have snacks. We need to make sure they have um, pants before they leave the house. That doesn't always happen. But, you know, so we need to plan. They grew up that way, thinking about other people. And then when you see them out in the world and they go, what? How did you not think three steps ahead and they're in their own heads because they're not in that experiential, you know, space yet. And so that that's just something that just needs to come up all the time. We plan smart. We work hard towards that. And we always trust God that it's just going to turn out just fine and the way he wants it to turn out. Recently, you know, our listeners sometimes give me grief as the backpack routine guy because I say, you know, we have all the kids, their backpacks lined up, their coats, their shoes and Recently, we had an issue getting to school in the morning, so that night I said, all backpacks, all shoes, all coats lined up. Sure enough, when we went to bed, they were, and the next morning I woke <laughs> up, Beth left the house super early to go to work, and I'm thinking to myself, all right, we're 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 in a good place. I got up before the alarm, all the backpacks and shoes and coats are lined up, ready to go, walk downstairs, all the kids are up, and then I realized that not all of the kids were up. In fact, we forgot to wake one of the kids up, and we needed to walk out the door. And it's like, just grab your uniform. I'm dropping you off at your grandma and grandpa's in your pajamas. You can change there. You can pack a lunch there. Do you have shoes? Do you have your glasses? I know you have your backpack, your shoes, and your coat. Uh, Do you have your lunchbox? But that was for us. Practically speaking, what does it look like in the Grizzle household? What are some of these things that you you make sure happen so that everybody is thinking three steps ahead? So when I had um, everyone under one roof, I actually gave them each buddies. So um, let's see. I had the oldest with the youngest because that just made sense. And so we kind of buddied them up. And I said, when you get up in the morning, and especially for Sunday Mass, especially for Sunday Mass, because we, we don't go to school, so I don't have the backpacks. That, you know, my kids are all homeschooled, so I don't have this routine every single day. It's more of a Sunday thing. And so they had to wake up in the morning and get that youngest child uh, or whatever child they had buddied up with. They had to get that child ready. So you get yourself ready. And then you go and you find shoes and you find the dress and you find the, their little snacks if they were young enough or or a book or their pack or, you know, extra diapers, whatever they needed. And they knew what that was. They had their list of what they needed to do. So the teenager was helping the toddler get ready, get in the car and go because I had twin babies that I was taking care of. So, you know, that that was a responsibility that they had. And I can remember one particular morning, it was a little bit stressful. And we all did. We all got in the car. And I'm pretty sure there was a lot of teenage grumblings about, you know, making sure that they got the other person ready. And so there was this tension in the car. And we didn't even get up the driveway before I said, someday, when you get to college, you are going to have it so easy. You're just going to be able to look around and say, I only have to take care of myself. What? 
I don't have to. I don't have to look after anybody else, and your roommate is going to be struggling because they don't get that. They don't understand that they, it's it's not easy for them to take care of themselves because someone else is taking care of them. Probably, most likely, that's usually the case. But you are going to be able to be like, oh, this is all I have to do. I don't have to do everything else. So. And someday, if God calls you to marriage and parenting, you're going to be saying, all right, everybody get a buddy because the system works well. Right, the system works. I love it. All right, so the lessons today, pray as if everything depends on God, work as if everything depends on us, live by a rule of consistency, always trying to stay three steps ahead, be prepared. That's part of uh, living as if everything depends on us, and have a buddy. Have I a like buddy. It. Always have a buddy. <laughs> I, I'm assuming Todd's your buddy. Todd is my buddy. Uh, yeah, he keeps me on track. I Actually, I keep him on track. But you know. All right. There you go. <laughs> well, Corey, once again, thanks for being with us today for a little time to talk about marriage and family. I look forward to our next conversation. Prayer before a crucifix. Good and sweetest Jesus, before thy face I humbly kneel, and with the greatest fervor of spirit I pray and beseech thee to fix deep in my heart lively sentiments of faith, hope, and charity, true sorrow for my sins, and a firm purpose of amendment, while I consider thy five most precious wounds, having before my eyes the words of David the prophet concerning thee, my Jesus, they have pierced my hands and my feet, they have numbered all my bones. Catequiz for today. In the beginning of the show, we stated that this that yesterday was Palm Sunday of the Lord's Passion. But in the days prior to the Second Vatican Consul, the two Sundays were two separate things. There was Palm Sunday and there was Passion Sunday. Which one came first in order of celebration? Do you know? That's our catechist today. So before Vatican II, instead of Palm Sunday of the Lord's Passion, there was Palm Sunday and Passion Sunday and Passion Sunday came first. Don Prosper Geringer explains in his liturgical year, this Sunday is called Passion Sunday because the church begins on this day to make the sufferings of our Redeemer her chief thought. So that would have been on the fifth Sunday of Lent. That's also why maybe a week ago you saw in your church the statues veiled as part of that focus of passion tide, and we still import some elements from that. But after the Second Vatican Council, the two Sundays were combined into one celebration, and thus we had yesterday Palm Sunday of the Lord's Passion. But it still calls to mind this question of what are we going to do this week to commemorate our Lord's Passion? What is your plan to pray? Mass of the Lord's Supper on Holy Thursday, service of his Passion and Stations of the Cross on Good Friday, and then the Easter Vigil. Make a plan today. Let's go get you one more check of the weather and then the daily dose of encouragement. Prayer to Our Lady of Perpetual Help. O Mother of Perpetual Help, grant that I may ever invoke thy most powerful name, which is the safeguard of the living and the salvation of the dying. O purest Mary, O sweetest Mary, let thy name henceforth be ever on my lips. Delay not, O blessed lady, to help me whenever I call on thee. For in all my needs, in all my temptations, I shall never cease to call on thee, ever repeating thy sacred name, Mary, Mary. It's Holy Week, and there is no shortage of inspiration and encouragement in the liturgies and the scriptures that we will read this week. But to add to it, we are happy to be with Patty Schneier on this Monday for our daily dose of encouragement. 
Well, we are going to talk about Holy Week through the lens of the Holy Land. The Holy Land is often called the fifth gospel, and walking in the footsteps of Jesus is truly powerful, and images are just seared into your heart, and I had the privilege of going to the Holy Land in 2020, and I thought I would just share some of those images with all of you, for those of you who have never been to the Holy Land, and then I would just describe these places so that you can have a visual picture as well, and then pray at these places in your heart this Holy Week. So let's just stop and linger and remain with Jesus in each of these very holy places. So today we're going to start with the Mount of Olives. And this, of course, is mentioned with Jesus's entry into Jerusalem. So just to let you know what the land itself is like, as you approach Jerusalem, you're on top of one hill and the Kidron Valley is in between and then Jerusalem is on the other hill. So the Mount of Olives is the first hill. This is where Jesus wept over Jerusalem. And there is a church there on top of this hill shaped as a teardrop to commemorate Jesus weeping over Jerusalem. So I love this scripture and I want to pray with this scripture today. What made Jesus weep? And the scripture says, if this day you only knew what makes for peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. So Jesus is weeping over Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives, this hill. The second image that I really remember when I went to Jerusalem were the cemetery stones. As Jesus triumphantly rode the donkey down the slope of the Mount of Olives, he is literally going through the entire hillside of huge, flat cemetery stones covering every inch of the ground. There's no grass. There's no dirt. It's just stones in this terraced fashion. And this has been that way for centuries, and it's considered the most sacred burial site for the Jewish people. No high priest can touch a dead person, and that would make him ritually unclean. So for over 2,000 years, Jewish people are buried on this western slope with the belief that they will be the first resurrected. Okay, so today, just to give you a little bit of background information, it costs between $150,000 to $200,000 to just buy a burial plot on this side of the Mount of Olives as you're walking down towards Jerusalem. So this is a very important place because the people are shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And the Pharisees say, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus says, I tell you, if they keep silent, these stones will cry out. So I always wonder, what stones? Well, he is surrounded by these stones. And they've been there for centuries. And that line in the gospel became tangible when I walked the same pathway and walked amid those stones. So here's a question for all of us today. What's the point of all this? What makes us weep? What makes us weep? For whom or for what makes you weep? And let's pray in atonement for all that makes Jesus weep today in our world, in our church, and in our families. And think about walking down that hill and looking at Jerusalem and knowing what awaits our Lord. I should have known there was more to it than just thinking it was creation calling out, but that there was a deeper meaning to the stones. And Patty, I look forward to journeying with you this Holy Week through the Holy Land and through this Holy Week. I'd like to wrap up today with uh, just some thoughts on last night. You know, Beth was working at the hospital this weekend, and so it was me and the kids by ourselves for most of the weekend. They had some sleepovers and, and whatnot at grandparents' houses, and 
But yesterday afternoon, we were all gathered together. We were enjoying some family time, had dinner, and then decided to watch a movie. If you've ever seen The Rookie, it's a story about a high school science teacher who gets, makes a he, – he wanted to be a baseball player all his life, but he got injured. And he makes a promise to his team that – if they win districts, he'll go to an open tryout. And at one point, his dad pulls him aside because he actually gets invited to go to minor league ball and says, and let me pull up the quote here, your grandfather once told me it was okay to think about what you want to do until it was time to start doing what you were meant to do. And I paused as we were watching the movie, and uh, not to ruin the the story of the movie, we're going to depart from the movie right now. I thought that is just a really... Really great quote. It's okay to think about what you want to do until it's time to start doing what you're meant to do. And, you know, I have a lot of hobbies. I have a lot of things I love to do on the side. I love to uh, play music. I love to get out my guitar and, and, and go gig around town. I love to golf. I love to watch baseball. I love to go to baseball games. I love to play softball. I love... A lot of things. But first and foremost, I am called to be a Catholic husband and father. And if any of those other things get in the way of Catholic husband and father, I've missed my calling. Now, sometimes being a Catholic husband and father, it's going to involve baseball. It's going to involve golf. It's going to involve music. But first and foremost, first things first, our first vocations first. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And praise God that a good chunk of being the Father involves playing catch. Combining parenting and, and baseball is a fantastic thing. And actually, I got to go look through my son's ba- baseball cards with him yesterday. He was ex- so excited to show them to me. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Have a blessed Monday. I'll be back with you tomorrow on Roadmap to Heaven. Until then, pray your rosary today.